That was the University of Oklahoma head football coach Brent Venables uh, answering what I can only assume is the 1,000th question he's uh, answered regarding uh, a coach holding him back on the sideline. He didn't like that. No, 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 no. If you want to instantly piss him off, ask him about a get-back coach. And I know it's – it comes from like a good place, and people like think it's a you know it's it's funny and it's it's actually like a good thing that he's he's that amped up on the sideline. But he does he does not like the question. I think you know from his perspective, it, he probably feels like it paints him in a position as a guy that can't control his his uh, his attitude or his uh, emotions on the sideline. So doesn't like the question has been asked that question at almost every press availability and i wish it's 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 like the um um you know the why oklahoma question you oh know? no it's not that bad nothing is that bad come on it's bad well, nothing's that bad at every press conference right after the why oklahoma is the <laughs> well coach you know you had to get back uh, guy there at Clemson, the, his responsibility was to keep you from getting on the field. You're going to have yeah. one at Oklahoma. Yeah, it's it's pretty easy. Like, and he may have smiled last night when he answered. I I don't know, but I I've heard him ask that three times now, and he always leads with why well, never got a penalty while I was at Clemson, and he didn't. Yeah. So I he he takes it a little personal, which I I would yeah. too because people portray him as just this crazy lunatic on the sidelines. He was only that way towards you in the early 2000s. Uh, he's Well, no, he's that way towards – there is a there is a guy on every roster that he's that way towards. There's someone up there right now that's getting that from him right now. I don't know who it is. Probably Stutzman. Uh, I don't know, but there's always that guy. He has one up there right now. But the rest of the time – there's just brief moments of insanity, but he's always he's always in control and always locked in, and I, I've never seen him lose any type of composure when it comes to like what's happening in the game. It's always it's always like a high level of intensity about what something that is happening in the game. You know what I'm does that make sense? Sure. What I'm trying to say like, I, it's not like, he never gets upset about a call or uh like a penalty or anything like that. It's always about something that's happening within the framework of the game. Yeah. With all that being said, I still can't wait to be sitting in the stands in 8 days someone come jogging to the sidelines that noticeably messed up and hearing two grown men around me yelling, "Get him, Brent!" Just automatically assuming <laughs> that he's just gonna just destroy him on the sideline. Yeah. Well, yeah. You'll see that after a three and out. You know, defensively, you'll see that after uh, a turnover and score on D. Everyone will be like jumping up and down celebrate and run into the sideline and Venables will go sniper one guy out of there that was out of position somewhere oh, on the Roy play Williams. and let him have it. Roy Williams, maybe the greatest to ever do it here, tweeted out no more than like two weeks ago in the OU-Texas game in 01, 
before the Superman play. Uh, you guys were uh, – Texas only had three points on the board. Yet it didn't matter. He and I think him and Mike maybe were just giving him the business on the sideline. Nobody is well, safe. Yeah. I think I saw what you were talking about because they first – initially they came after me because Roy said that I closed the front to – like I set the blitz to the wrong side. He just lined up on the wrong side and blitzed off the, the wrong edge. And then, like, you can see I get assaulted first and <laughs> unsuspecting. And I was like, wait a second. No, that's not – you know, and, you know, a lot of times you were just there. You know what just happened, but you're questioning your own reality. It's like, did I really do that wrong? Or is that – did I? It takes all it, your confidence you right? away. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I, no, it's, uh, it, it's going to be – it'll be lively. There's no doubt about that. I guess Anthony Evans, that commitment could be dropping anytime soon, so I'm going to uh, watch out for that. But Are you it, starting to get hesitant on that? It sounds nah, like you're backing off of it a nah, little bit. I'm as confident as I've ever been. I'm just looking forward to that top five ranking at the end of the night. Well, he's not – what's his actual ranking? Is He's not – Four-star mean, composite be, is what he is. Right, but he's not going to be one of their higher-ranked guys, is he? No, 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 no. no. Jaquace Petaway will be a higher-ranked uh, – he won't be the highest-ranked receiver, I don't think. I think Jaquace Petaway right. will. Right. Yeah, the, I, the Petaway kid's, like, pretty pretty high up there. Um, so, yeah, well, I don't know. Um, that whole situation's pretty fascinating. You know, listening to you, you and uh, – Parker Thune on Get In earlier talk about like just kind of how it's you know throughout the last seven or eight days how that thing has really kind of swung from one side to the other back and forth. Sounds like if I gathered this correctly, a lot of pressure from family from Georgia to to go to Georgia, but he and his family there in Texas really liked Oklahoma. Is that kind of what I yeah? I just um. If you're going to mess up the show name, that's fine. It is funny. Can we come up with a less creepy name than Get In, though? <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, just a request, if, if you can okay. make time for it by chance. I don't know. Let's see. Yeah. 284 would be their number if they get both. So, yeah, they'd be the number four class. They would jump LSU today. they jump Georgia today. they jump Ohio State today. Yeah, well, the interesting thing about, you know, jumping Georgia is, like, that's who you're up against with this team. So that's, like, I mean, that's like a pretty big swing. And ultimately, you don't win any awards for where you're ranked in, in the recruiting class, Until right? Texas it's all that. about, right. It, it's all about, you know, how do you develop these players? How do they actually help you on the field? What do you actually go win? With these guys, that's what ultimately matters. But, you know, the the reality of it is these rankings matter the most to recruits, you know. Like, that's that's what they look at. That's that's kind of the thing that they see. And, like, this is their game to play right now. They, they want to go somewhere that has a really highly ranked recruiting class to where, you know, they can be a part of that class. So... Yeah, like to pull that over Georgia, if you do, and get that flip, I guess it's not necessarily a flip, but it's a, 
what what felt like a kid that was going to Georgia, now all of a sudden you get him back to Oklahoma and you jump them in the recruiting rankings. That, I mean, th- that there is significance to that. Yeah, it is. Um, let's do this real quick. First games coming up tomorrow on Saturday. Let's do our quick conference winners and the overrated and underrated team in each conference. Let's start with the SEC. It's lame. I hate them. Bama's going to win the SEC this year. They're my champ. Uh, yeah, full agreement from me. You don't, Why do you hate them? Uh, here's why I hate Alabama. I don't uh, – it's the most impressive run in college football history, so in some sense you have to respect that. I hate them because they don't know how good they have it. I think the older Alabama fans might have a good idea of how they do. But think about it, man. If you're in your mid to late 20s and you're an Alabama fan, all you've known is this unrealistic run of what rooting for a favorite college football team is like. They're spoiled. They're arrogant. They're a bunch of jerks. They don't really know the reality of college football. That's why I hate them because the kids that all go to school, they're punks. They don't understand reality with this sport. So you just don't you just don't like the fan Alabama fans. Yes. I, and, and if you ever say I don't like insert team here, that's what you're saying. You don't like the fans. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Um because I really enjoy watching Alabama play. Uh I like watching their defense. Um I, I like watching the talent that they've got on the line of scrimmage. They're gonna win the SEC. Um I think they're gonna be totally dominant. Overrated team, or you want to pick that right now too? Yeah, um, <laughs> Texas A and M for me. I wanted to pick Tennessee just to troll you. Oh, really? But it's it's Texas A and M. Um, I see A and M as a seven win football team this year, not a top ten team. A and M definitely the most overrated. They're not. They're, there's no reason to put there. They finished unranked last year, and they've got them as the number six team in the country right now. That's massively overrated. Um, I, I will say this: my uh, my bold prediction is Tennessee wins the East. Oh, there we go! Wow, you know mm-hmm. Teddy was blocking for Josh Heupel in the 2000 national championship game. 22 years later, and he's still trying to block for Josh Heupel yeah. with this prediction. Yeah, trying to get a positive game. That play was a tackle for loss. <laughs> it looks great in the picture, but. Uh, Someone got him for a tackle for loss. Underrated in the SEC this year, I'm going LSU, man. Defense, I think they're going to be pretty nasty this year. Uh, they got an All-American type wide receiver. The offensive line shaky. Also, what makes me nervous is that Brian Kelly's lost like 20 pounds since he's taken the job. Who wow. loses weight once they move to Louisiana? That scares well, me. Uh, someone that moves from a place uh, where it's uh, pretty – Mild climate to a place where you sweat 50 pounds a day. That's exactly who does. True. So, um, yeah, I, I'm Tennessee is my team that's underrated, not in the top 25. I think they're going to be ultra competitive, may have a chance to knock off one of the big dogs. Uh, let's move a little bit quick here. Pac-12, I got Utah as my champ. Utah, we're unanimous. Yeah. Hard nose, physical. They're good football I think teams. it's. I do think it's going to be tight between them and Oregon, though. Uh, most overrated, Muleshoe. Hello. There's no other answer here. Uh, people yeah, are thinking there's USC. There's no one else that's even rated. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, people think USC is going to roll off a ten and two. Not so fast here. USC is yeah. going to roll off an eight and four. 
I, I think I think that's the interesting thing about USC. We've talked about it is their schedule is so pathetically easy that they can be a really bad football team and win nine games. Yeah. Uh, most underrated? How about Washington State? Yep. Wazoo could be a tricky team up in the Pac-12 North. Washington State or Oregon State? Oregon State's yeah. uh, done a couple of things here as well. So, yeah, but, man, you just, you're looking for anyone to make some type of move in the Pac-12. It's wide open for the taking. Big Ten, my champ is Ohio State. I'd like to go somewhere else here, but their offense is just elite, man. Yep, too good, uh, too talented. I think they've got the eventual Heisman Trophy winner. Um, I'm interested to see what Knowles does with their defense. We know they've got a lot of talent there. If if he can get them to where they're a top 25 defense again, I think they, they can be a threat to win the championship. Overrated is tough in the Big Ten because you, you – you might go Michigan, but their schedule's so soft. I think they're going to win 10 games this year. I don't think Wisconsin's overrated. There's not a whole lot of teams like Penn State, but they're out of the top 25. I'm going to say none for overrated in the Big Ten. I don't see one. Well, I'm going to say Michigan State at 15. I, I, they don't have anything to speak of as for a quarterback. They lost their best player on offense from a year ago. Uh, at the running back position, they they really weren't very good defensively. I expect them to get better defensively, but without that great running game, I think they could struggle after setting the bar pretty high last year. Underrated, I'll go with the Iowa Hawkeyes. Everyone thinks that Wisconsin is going to win the Big Ten West. They might, but Iowa's going to have something to say about it. They're always a solid football team. Well, Kirk Ferentz either goes 6-6 six and six or he'll pull off a magical 9-3. and three. Maybe this is the year where they roll off a nine and three. Yeah, I mean, I could follow suit there. Wisconsin, I think, is is rated pretty good. How about Nebraska? How about going on a limb and saying Nebraska actually, you know, if they win seven games, I think that would would be quite the turnaround and um, be something to build on for Scott Frost. ACC Clemson is my champ. Um, I don't think that DJ Uyungale is going to be the quarterback when they win it. I think it's going to be freshman Kate Klubnick. Yeah, I think Clemson wins it. Um, I, I The more I've read up, the more I've, I've gathered some uh, intel on NC State, I'm intrigued. I oh. still like Clemson, but... I am intrigued with NC State. Overrated is Pitt. Yeah, they were a good football team last year, but at Pitt, you don't replace the best quarterback you've had since Dan Marino and the best wide receiver you've had since Larry Fitzgerald. They'll be a good, solid football team, but they'll finish outside the top 25. Full agreement, and you could you could maybe pick like, – I feel that Miami's going to do some, some decent things. They're ranked number 16. I think that's probably a little too high for them right now, but – I, I, I could see Miami not living up to what th- people think is going to happen in year one. Yeah, I've got underrated. i got Miami there because they've got a good quarterback. And, in case you haven't heard, they're going to beat Texas A&M in the non-conference this year. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, that would be it would awesome. be amazing. Um, I, you know, I may go with NC State at 13. Uh, they got a legit quarterback. They're going to have one of the better defenses in college football, tons of experience there. And, um, you know, if they happen to pull off a big win against Clemson again, 
they're at Clemson this year, though, to start off October. Like they could, they could make some serious waves nationally. Uh, Big Twelve. My winner at plus two hundred. It's the University of Oklahoma. Yes, yeah. last year happened. Whatever. What hasn't changed is OU still runs this league, and we'll see that again this season in their final year in the conference. Uh, best roster, best quarterback, um, a, a massively improved defense, at least fundamentally. I'm taking Oklahoma to win the conference as well. I uh, had Texas as most overrated, and everyone was rating them pretty high a few weeks ago, but that's turned a little bit. I'll still say Texas is the most overrated because I don't think that they're going to take that next step and even win eight games this year. See, this one is hard because Texas not in the top 25. Oklahoma State is at 12. I don't think Oklahoma State is going to be the 12th best team in all of college football. I don't, but I still think they're going to be a really good team, and I, I just I don't know what's going to happen with the standings, and I don't want to say that, like I, I don't necessarily think that they're overrated. I think they got a chance to to make it to the Big Twelve championship game again. Um, if they get good solid play out of Spencer Sanders, he doesn't have to be a world beater, and their defense is going to be better than people think. I know they lost a lot of people, but still excellent on the defensive line. So I'm just I I know I'm playing both sides of the fence there, but to finish as the number 12 team in the country would be that'd be quite the season there for Oklahoma. And where Oklahoma Baylor and Oklahoma State are, like one team is not going to be there in the end and if I had to pick out of those three I'd say it's Oklahoma State. Underrated, I guess I like the left-handed quarterbacks. I'm going with Hunter Upper Deckers. Iowa State huh. is your underrated team in the conference this year. I think they have to be. I think they have to be. Um They've got some – we've seen what Campbell's done there, and he took it from nowhere to where it is right now. And I feel like a lot of people are expecting it to drop back to what it was previously, and that's just flat out not going to be the case. Just to change things up a little little bit, I'm going to go with Texas Tech. I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by what they've got offensively. They're going to throw the ball all over the yard. they got the uh, – the offensive coordinator there that's coming in that, that is has done some really, really good things. And I'm just, frankly, excited to see what Joey McGuire does with that team. We're going to beat I, Oklahoma. You know, I, we're going to knock down that end zone right after. That's what he said. Yeah. Perhaps. Perhaps. All right. Quick timeout. Oh, we got him. That's it, no. right? Yeah, there's only five Power 5 conferences now. No. All right. Quick timeout. <laughs> Shut up. More from the rush coming up. Hour number two rolls on next. Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you this hour of the rush on a football Friday. To the Air Comfort Solutions text line we go, 405-651-3439. Muleshoe coached a bad team that won nine in a row last year. It didn't feel like it. Now say that again. It didn't feel like what? It didn't. Well, they did win nine in a row, but it never felt like it. Yeah, it didn't. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And – Here's the thing. I don't. I. It's hard to say that the top teams in the Big Twelve from a year ago are better. 
Right, Baylor. I think Baylor's going to be really good. Better than last year? Hard to say. Oklahoma State, I think, is going to be good. Better than last year? Hard to say. Kansas State, I think, is going to be better than last year. Um, by some of these other, like the lower-rung teams, I think, may be a little bit better. But like the top teams that you lost to, I don't. I wouldn't say that they're going to be better, and I think Oklahoma will be, and maybe by quite a stretch. Yeah, okay, and you and I are in lockstep on that. I think they'll be better as well. But where's the where's the concern with this team that you have? Because, I mean, look, we think they're going to be better, but there's got to be a concern somewhere. So where is it eight days out until kick? Defense. Just defense as a whole? Yeah. Why, why defense as a whole if – it looks like they have more depth. Well, I think they're, like we've talked about, I think they'll be fundamentally better. I think they're going to tackle better. I think the, you know, responsibility-wise, like in the grand scheme of things, I think is going to be better and scheme is going to be better. But, you know, there's still a lot of, there's still a big learning curve for this defense. And, you know, Venables understands that, and he'll be smart, and he'll tailor what he calls and what he installs to what they're able to handle. But, you know, that still being said, there is a learning curve, and there is a chance that, you know, you have breakdowns in coverage. You have breakdowns, you know, in run fits with the backers. You know, he puts a lot on those guys. And it could be a while before they – they really know the defense well enough to, to play, you know, 80 snaps a game, mistake-free, not give up any any explosive plays or, you know, those are going to – I shouldn't say not give up any. You're going to give things up. But, you know, to where something doesn't turn into a big issue in a given week that you just can't stop. You know, I, yeah. some, that's yet to be seen. and. If you're making me pick something, that's that's what I would pick. I'm still going to stay with the offensive line. I know everything that we've heard and everything that's been said, but yeah. still it's the catalyst for the entire football team, in my opinion. You know, the more I think about it, the more I love the way that this non-conference schedule sets up for OU. You get two games to kind of find your way here, two games that you should take care of. Yeah. But – you also get a week three challenge, but not one that's against a top five opponent where you might be over your skis a little bit. Like It's going to be a challenge in that you're going to have to play well to win. I know people nationally aren't going to give you credit for it, but I think that there's going to be a pretty good sense of accomplishment if you come out of Lincoln and win that football game. I, I like yeah. the way those first three weeks stack up for this particular team. Yeah, I agree. You're not playing Georgia week two, right? I, as cool as that would be, you, you're not really ready for that challenge at this moment, right? Next year, be a totally different animal. But right now, you know, just to try and feel out how the game flow is going to go, I mean, these guys, for the most part, a lot of these guys have, have played – in a home game before with Oklahoma. But the dynamics of it are going to – they haven't played in a home game with the way that 
they travel now, and I say travel because they'll, they're still going to stay in a hotel as a team. This rule set is going to be massively different than the rule set that they had previously. The way that they conduct themselves on game day is going to be totally different than it was previously. The schedule, the warm-up, halftime, all of those things are going to be totally different. So even though uh, those things aren't the deciding factor whether you win win or lose on that day, it is something that's different that you need to learn to navigate and kind of know how to conduct yourself on, on those game days. Hashtag breaking. Four-star wide Uh receiver Anthony Evans III has committed to the University of Oklahoma. The 6-foot, 180-pound wide receiver from Converse, Texas, chooses the Sooners over Georgia, one of the fastest players in the country, running a 10-2700-meter and a 21-10-200-meter. Wow. Huge. Why? Why? What was it? Did he give any reasoning as to why he uh, he changed? Or I, I don't know. I guess I guess it was pretty positive for Oklahoma for quite some time, and then Georgia yeah kind of came in late, right? You know, I think you could. I think someone probably ran up to him this week or maybe this morning and said, "Hey, Anthony, do you want to take a peek back?" at, you know, maybe the wide receivers that Georgia has put out in the past 10 years compared to Oklahoma. And Georgia's put out some nice ones here and there. A.J. Green is the first one that comes to mind. George Pickens might be a really good wide receiver in the NFL, though he struggled to stay healthy at Georgia. But the wide receiver development hasn't been close between the two schools. And it sounds like this is where he wanted to be all along. It's where he picks. Picks OU. Well, I know that I know that there's like a lot of thought out there, probably um, mainly from uh, the Georgia fan base, that Oklahoma made some like massive NIL play here late no to chance. change things. Here's here's what's more realistic. What's more realistic is Oklahoma was leading in the recruiting for this kid for a long time. And Georgia came in late with some type of NIL situation. Yeah, maybe. And threw a wrench into things. And then after a a little time to sit there and think about it, and the OU coaching staff have some time to respond to something like that, probably convinced him that, you know, those things are going to come for you if you come here and, and stick to our plan, stick to what our offense is going to be, you've got a, you got a better opportunity uh, of cashing in long-term if you come here. Yeah, look, man, we know how the staff operates when it comes to NIL. There are opportunities, but that's not what they sell. And I'm sorry, but like, I really like Anthony Evans, and I think he's got a chance to have a great career here. They're not going to drop a bag for a four-star wide receiver. Right. Exactly, Hey, Tyler. I am glad that Anthony Evans has committed to OU. I am super jacked up about it. Teddy said you could hear it in my voice all during get in. Or what did you call it earlier? <laughs> get uh, in? I think you, yeah, yeah. you called it get in earlier today. But if not Anthony Evans, they would have found another four-star wide receiver. They would have got someone else. They didn't need to drop yeah. a bag for, for Anthony Evans. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally agree. Fascinating stuff. Now, according to... 
to your um, notebook calculations, this commitment will have Oklahoma leapfrogging both Louisiana State and Georgia no, to the number five no. class. When when they get Vickers tonight, the four star safety out ah. of Tallahassee, they'll jump LSU, they'll jump Georgia, and then they'll jump Ohio State. But I think with this one, they'll still jump LSU. I think maybe even get you to five, um, but Vickers gets you to four tonight. Well, that'll be nice. Oh yeah, that'll be nice. Hopefully that one uh, that one comes in as expected. And uh, man, that's big time. That's big time. And, you know, the, the narrative continues, right? Winning recruits against head-to-head against Georgia, against Michigan, against Alabama, against Notre Dame. Uh, we, we have not had the success in winning those battles in a long time that we've had. Or I, the, the type of wins that we've already had in this class against those people, we haven't had wins – like consistently against that group in a long time, especially at some of the position groups. I know at wide receiver we have, but um, at some of the other spots we haven't. So Bama was taking running backs from you for a couple of cycles in a row. Yeah, that's right. So I don't know. I heard you guys on with uh, Drumbeat earlier on Locked Out, and uh, he said that there's a chance if all of the dominoes fall into place – with some of the guys that they still have a really a, a legitimate chance with, not just a, not just a chance, like they kind of lead for a lot of these guys. The number one overall class is in play. Yeah, that caught your ear, huh? Yeah. yeah. Uh, text line is saying Teddy juiced over a wide receiver. What the hell is going on out there? Hey, I want it. I want it to be known. I'm downplaying this as much as possible. Okay. <laughs> I'm downplaying. Well, it. I, no, I, I won't judge this kid till I see him in a suitor uniform. That's what Teddy used to be when it came to recruiting. That well, guy. here's the thing. That's true, and I I still am that way. But uh, you get my attention whenever you run in Texas a legitimate ten two hundred meters. You've got my attention. This isn't uh, this isn't measuring or this isn't timing track out in uh nowheresville this is lasered legitimate texas uh texas track and field 10 200 meters that is blistering that you're you're knocking on the door of world-class type of stuff there so uh that's awesome all right we're late we got to hit a break more from the rush coming up hour number two rolls on hit some things that caught my eye next Layman, we call this segment What Caught Teddy's Eye. Let's get to it. Story number one is. Well, I love following the uh, the PGA and the Live Golf uh, saga, and I love that Lee Westwood calling um, the PGA a bunch of hypocrites because, you know, they're, they're calling out the players that go play for Live. They're saying that what they're doing is dumb and non-competitive, yet – uh, it looks like the PGA Tour now is starting to copy a lot of the things that they're doing uh, to stay competitive with them, actually. Uh, events with uh, bigger purses, events with no cut line, 
So I just I love whenever you got these golfers uh, arguing back and forth, and I don't care, but it's fun to watch them all point at each other and wait, and wait, talk wait, 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 wait. So what you're telling me is one organization is taking shots at the other, but it's copying seemingly everything that they do right now. Is that right? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. You can relate that some ways into what's going on in the Oklahoma City radio market. That's interesting. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Look at you. Yeah. Nicely done there, yeah. Tyler. Thank you. I love it. Hey, uh, go clean out your car and check under your seats. Check the glove box. Um, make sure you didn't buy the $1.3 billion winning uh, ticket to the Mega Millions because there's one ticket out there that's the winner, and it's been a month, and it has still gone unclaimed. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, it's probably in a trash. It's, it's definitely under someone's uh, court or in uh, the, someone's floorboard underneath the seat. It's got oh. probably a sucker stuck to it, some kid stuck her, <laughs> maybe some Cheerios stain on it, a milk stain on it. Oh, my gosh. The winner probably had to use it in a pinch to, like, clean some snot off of the nose of their three-year-old kid that's in the back seat. You know, it's just something happened to it. But I don't know. I guess it's not totally uncommon that people, I guess, that maybe uh, are prepared for the situation wait to claim it to get all of their ducks in a row and everything as far as what where. They're going to put the money where it's going to be managed, all of those things. But still, a month later, gone unclaimed. And probably a good thing because had you cashed in on it a month ago uh, and, like, put it in the stock market, you would have <laughs> lost a significant amount of it already. Uh, there's There's been a, a pretty nice little downturn recently. I guess uh, even today was, was, was pretty bad. Um the only other thing that I have is I saw this, which $470 million, Tyler, uh, long-term extension being finalized for Julio Rodriguez for the Mariners. And now, admittedly, I don't follow uh, baseball closely, but barely even heard of this guy, $470 bucks. It's a lot of cash. Um, the Mariners have a chance to make the playoffs this year for the first time since, you want to guess the year? Uh, 1999. 2001 is the last time uh, the Mariners made the playoffs. It's not that well, hard to make the playoffs yeah. in Major League Baseball. It's been over 20 years since the Mariners have been there. So they're trying to make a uh, try to lock up the young talent they have and make a push here. Good luck to them. Those, those Mariners teams from the late 90s were – well, they were real popular, right? Yeah, until they With, got dominated by the Yankees in the playoffs. Yeah. What, uh, King Griffey Jr. left. Uh, what was his name? King Buner. Griffey Jr., Jay Buner, Alex Rodriguez, Randy Johnson. They had Ichiro at one point, not with those guys. Yeah. They had like four or five Hall of Famers, and they're the only team in Major League Baseball that's never played in a World Series before. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's all I got. Um, OU is up to number five now in the recruiting rankings. Just got Anthony Evans, four-star wide receiver, in case you missed it. OU in the top five right now with 21 commits. Um, Other developing things in recruiting, 
Malachi Nelson tweeted out today, stay tuned, dot, dot. And I predicted last week that he would decommit from USC. That probably means I think he's going to end up signing with Texas A&M. But the stay tuned tweet today, what does it mean? Does it mean a decommitment is imminent from USC? Would you like to know what my prediction on that is? Yes, please. I think the Malachi Nelson to A&M situation where he took the visit or whatever, applying the pressure on USC to put their NIL package together. That's what I think that is. And my guess is they've finally come around on that. Well, I used to think that too until the rumors started you know, coming out that A&M's offered him $15 million over three Ooh. years. He's probably like, <laughs> I don't care what USC gets together. You said $15 million, right, A&M? All right, let's do that. Jeez. Yeah, that that's ridiculous. If there's some truth to that, yeah, stay tuned. Uh, that kid will be going to Texas A&M. Wow. Last one I have, wow. The New Orleans Saints taking a shot at their biggest rival, the Atlanta Falcons, in a very interesting way. I huh. guess they have a new, or they're bragging about their uh, escalator speeds in the Superdome. And they okay. have, like, this big sign in one of the concourses that says, our new express escalators will get to you, get you to your seats 28.3 times faster than before. <laughs> then in quotations it says, that may not be an exact number, but there is something about 28 to 3. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Can you do that if like you weren't even involved in the game? If it's your biggest rival, absolutely you can. OU wasn't involved in the Texas-Kansas game last year, and I still use that all offseason. It was amazing. Yeah, I guess that's true. Hmm. All right. Well, nicely done, New Orleans. I'm all for uh, ramping up the, uh, the, the talking back and forth. That's good stuff. All right, we're late for a timeout. Quick break. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number two next. OU has the number five overall class in the 2023 rankings after four-star wide receiver Anthony Evans committed about 30 minutes ago. Still got Macari Vickers coming up later on tonight. Sooner should move into that number four spot. What a time. What a day. OU going to get two four-star commits uh, by midnight tonight. Let's go to the text line here. Any news on Evans? Sports Illustrated just broke a story about him going to Georgia. Well, Sports Illustrated's wrong. How do you know? Um, because Anthony Evans already committed to OU. That's how I know. Well, why would why would Sports Illustrated say that he's committed to Georgia? I have no idea why. You get to ask them. That's pretty dumb. So you're you're telling me you saw a video of Anthony Evans putting on the yes. OU hat or no, whatever. No, it was a graphic. It said breaking. That, that's how he, he announced it via the Hayes Fawcett graphic. That's how. Okay. All right. All right. Just fact checking. Well, I don't know. I, I was didn't just say to see breaking how you knew. for no reason. I mean, come on. I wouldn't tease like that. Well, you you're putting trust in whoever made the graphic. Yeah, <laughs> I, I am actually. It's pretty Not good, pretty good track record there. Okay. 
Patrick says, I love you guys for not taking any crap. We take crap from each other on this show every single day, though. That's a thing. Yeah, well, I was about to say, who's he talking to? Uh, it's an endless su- supply of crap being thrown. Uh, who did the text line first? I thought it was y'all, but someone said the gout had it first. <laughs> what? Oh, that was invented. They invented taking text messages for uh, radio shows. Fascinating. I could see him saying that actually. <laughs> <laughs> he's the he's the Al Gore of radio. He uh, Al Gore invented the internet, and Jim Traber invented text messages. Uh, I can't think of Al Gore without South Park always making fun of him. Did you ever watch any of those episodes? He invi- he thought uh, Man Bear Pig. Well, Man Bear Pig actually did end up being real in the later seasons, but it's what I immediately think of. Man Bear Man Pig. Bear Pig is in there. I'm super serial. <laughs> <laughs> he always said super serial on South Park. God, it was so good, man. Uh. I was about. To, I, I didn't know if you were calling. Uh, the other host, Man Bear Pig, or Al oh, Gore? Oh, wow. Oh, no, I was just, I, I didn't know dang. who you were referring Woo. to. He's super serial. Dang, you went in on that one. <laughs> super serial. That's great. Uh, that we, is great. We've got some more uh, Brent Venables audio coming up next hour. Do you want to plug one thing? we got some high school football, KREFsports.tv tonight. That's your phone. You can get it. You can get it on your phone, your computer, your iPad. Uh, Moore at Edmund Memorial. Westmore at Union. Southmore at Putnam City North. Edmund North at Deer Creek. Jinx at Edmund Santa Fe. All those are 7 o'clock start times. KREFsports.tv is where you can check that out. Uh, and for the record, we invented uh, streaming high school sports. It's true. That's, and that is we true. also invented uh, – uh, apps to listen into uh, to radio stations. We invented both of those. All right, quick timeout. Final hour of the rush coming up next. Stay tuned.